Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. A young man disappears during a brutal Minnesota winter. Most people don't leave without their wallet. The amount of blood they found was crazy. It told a horrible story. If it wasn't a homicide, it was very serious. To find the truth, investigators must fight the elements in more ways than one. Conditions were downright brutal. There was over a foot of snow, wind, and below freezing temperatures. I remembered being frigid. I mean, you could only spend maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes out there before it became unbearably cold. But will the winter weather be the key to helping solve this case? If it didn't snow, they might not have had the most important evidence of all. The weather was like a, a double-edged sword. of Minneapolis, the port city of Duluth, Minnesota is situated on the north shore of Lake Superior, the largest of the Great Lakes. Lake Superior is the largest body of fresh water on Earth, and it's about the size of South Carolina, just to give you some perspective. It's also the coldest, the deepest, and the highest in elevation of any of the Great Lakes. It actually creates its own weather. The Great Lakes encompass nearly 94,250 square miles and contribute to lake effect snow, which has the ability to bring two to three inches of snow within an hour. That is due to the sheer size of these lakes and the fact that they're landlocked. You get these cold air masses moving over these warm lakes. That creates these very narrow but intense areas of lake effect snow. Five miles away from here, you can have a 30-degree temperature difference than down at the lake. With that comes bitter cold during the winter, because we are in northern Minnesota. In fact, the winters can be almost unbearable for those not acclimated. On average, Duluth receives upwards of 80 inches of snow per year. They can have snow on the ground for over half the year. So we get more snow than most northern areas. We've seen as much as 40 inches of snow in one fall. During this time, temperatures rarely exceed freezing. Our temperatures can drop about 41 below zero on some record-breaking evenings during the winter months. The snow can vary from 70 inches, probably up to 120 inches, depending on the weather patterns that happen in this area. So you have to be a hardy person to live in this part of the woods. And on January 24, 2001, while low temperatures in Duluth hovered around six degrees with a snowpack of 11 inches, another system is on its way as a young man vanishes.
as the snowpack continues to accumulate, the Duluth Police Department receive a worried call from a man named Michael Patterson. He says his roommate, 27-year-old Eric Schriefer, has been missing for five days. He last saw Eric drinking with friends at the BPM Motorcycle Club. That was on January 24th. He hadn't seen him since then. He had three cars that were parked there that belonged to him. None of those were missing, and he was gone. Michael also says Eric's wallet is still there, and he hadn't taken his winter coat with him. Most people don't leave without their wallet. In this case, he had all of his personal information there. In this neck of the woods, you don't leave without your warm jacket. And we had been told that that was his primary jacket that he wore all the time, especially when it was cold out here. And if he left that at his place of residence, that leads us to think, well, something bad happened. Eric Wayne Schriefer was born on March 4, 1973, and grew up in nearby Superior, Wisconsin, with a younger brother, Kyle. Although quite an introspective child, Eric grew to have a fascination with how things work. He eventually started getting into mechanics, cars, and motorcycles. So after graduating from Superior High School in 1991, Eric enrolled in a two-year automotive technician program at the Wisconsin Indian Head Technical College. Mr. Schriefer was uh, a motorcycle mechanic, went to school for that. After earning a college degree, Eric wanted to see more of the country. So he spent the next few years in Florida, he was in Arizona, and he worked as an auto mechanic. In 1997, while working at a muffler shop in Arizona, Eric fell in love with a local woman. Although the relationship ultimately failed, it brought Eric the love of his life, his son. He remained a devoted father. He loved his son so much, and he wanted to be the best provider for him. So in February 2000, at age 26, Eric moved back home to be near his family in Superior, Wisconsin, and have a fresh start. Even though the two were separated, Eric always kept in touch with his three-year-old son. And he was working on becoming a welder. Around here, we have shipyards for ocean-going large ships, and boilermakers are welders, and he was in the learning process of it. In fact, Eric joined the Boilermakers Union, making his way through the ranks to secure a permanent position. He was also eager to become a member of one of the local motorcycle clubs called the BPMs that had a clubhouse in Duluth, Minnesota, not far from his family. Members of that motorcycle club could, if they wished, stay there for short periods of time. It was also used for partying. Eric Schrafer had resided in one of the bedrooms in the particular home. There was a roommate in that same house. Attached to the home is a BPM garage called the Hog Pen. The Hog Pen at that time was a business that worked on motorcycles. For Eric, it was perfect. 
When he wasn't working as a welder, he could tinker around at the shop and hang out with other biker enthusiasts. He was kind of a loner. A lot of the guys that are members of these clubs really only chum around with other members. At the beginning of the new year in 2001, Eric seemed to have his life on track. But all that stops when on January 29, 2001, Eric Schriefer is reported missing in the midst of a bitterly cold Minnesota winter. He didn't take his wallet, his winter coat, or any of his cars. It's pretty clear that something is wrong and Eric is in trouble. A patrol officer was assigned to talk to the individual who had called it in. He had a feeling that he wasn't getting the whole story. With that, he called the detective bureau. Bleak, wintry conditions that seem to hinder the investigation into finding Eric Schriefer will prove unexpectedly helpful. If it wasn't for the weather, they may not have had that crucial evidence. The weather is a major impact on any investigation. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On January 29, 2001, residents of Duluth, Minnesota are still shoveling through fresh snow after a cold front moved through the area. Duluth got four inches of snow on top of about a foot of snow that was already on the ground. With temperatures below freezing, conditions were downright brutal. Meanwhile, Duluth police are searching for Eric Schriefer, who's been missing since before the first flakes fell. His roommate, Michael Patterson, told police he hadn't seen him in days, prompting detectives to join the case.
at the station, Duluth detectives learn all they can about the 27-year-old. You look at everything and you start by trying to figure out who his closest friends and relatives are. He was kind of a loner. He didn't really have a current girlfriend, just past girlfriends. And his family doesn't offer any helpful information. Relatives over in the city of Superior, Wisconsin, hadn't seen him for a while. He keeps to himself a lot. And because of that, they're used to him not being in contact for long periods of time. Detectives discover Eric has a three-year-old son who lives in Arizona with an ex-girlfriend, but she hasn't heard from him either. So we just checked all the hospitals in the area and there was no sign that he had ever come into any of them. Police also learned that Eric was part of the Boilermakers Union as an apprentice. He was a welder by trade and worked for the local Boilermakers as a welder. He had not been at work either during this time period. That made us a little bit more suspicious also. Detectives discover that Eric was trying to become a member of the BPM Motorcycle Club and was staying in a room at their clubhouse when he went missing. The clubhouse and the hog pen business were owned by the same individual named Neil Davis. Investigators head out to the hog pen to speak to Neil. Neil was an older member of the BPM club, and yeah, they're not known to want to talk to the police. He was spoken to because he owned the property that this man went missing from. And to be real truthful, Neil was more forthcoming than I expected him to be. Neil Davis tells detectives that he's known Eric about a year and met him through Michael Patterson, one of his mechanics. Michael and Eric were friends, and Neil allowed them to both stay at his house, even though Eric wasn't a member. Neil admits that he knew that Eric was missing and was last seen on January 24th, five days earlier. But he didn't think anything of it. A lot of these guys, you know, they come and go as they please and they don't check in with anybody. Neil says he's also not there much. Neil did occasionally stay at that house, but these guys really get around a lot. Nothing for them to go out and party and not come home for a day or two or three. Neil offers little information about Eric's daily routine, but does give investigators an interesting lead. We were told that the evening he had gone missing, he had been involved in some sort of a fight with a member of the Thunderbird Motorcycle Club who had been in the BPM house. The Thunder Motorcycle Group is a local group that's been around for many, many years, along with the BPMs. So they coexist without too much confrontation. Neil Davis said that the fight started inside and had been taken outside. When furniture started getting upended and other items broken, 
Neil says he wasn't there himself, but heard about it through two other BPM members that were there. The fight continued out in the parking lot until Schriefer had been bested. Next, detectives take a closer look at the hog pen where the fight took place. There was evidence inside that a fight had happened. There were some broken furniture, lamps, that type of thing. Neil also shows detectives where Eric's three vehicles are parked in an alley. Eric's cars are covered with snow. That shows these cars haven't moved in days. Detectives tell Neil they need to speak with the two BPM witnesses. The two witnesses were probably the last to see Eric Schriefer. We explained to him that it would probably be a good thing if the two witnesses were to come forward and talk to us. We figured something bad had happened out in that parking lot. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. In late January of 2001, winter storms have covered the city of Duluth, Minnesota with more snow. Six inches of snow fell over the course of about a week with temperatures averaging in the 20s over several days. Meanwhile, no one has seen 27-year-old Eric Schriefer for six days since he fought with a member of the Thunderbird Motorcycle Club. Relatives hadn't seen him. 
work hadn't seen him. So it was all pointing to the incident where the fight had occurred. Investigators are hoping the two eyewitnesses will come forward and tell police exactly what happened. But they're part of the BPM Motorcycle Club, so detectives aren't really sure. Most of the time, BPM members would do their best to avoid getting into any trouble. They certainly didn't want to have law enforcement breathing down their necks. Detectives decide to focus on the parking lot of the BPM clubhouse where the fight ended up. They bring in canines to scour the area, but the weather immediately makes it difficult. Temperatures can be a huge factor for canines, good and bad. The extreme cold makes tracking a bit more difficult with the dogs. You're layered up. It's not like in the summertime when you're out in a t-shirt. You've got a lot more clothes on and it's a lot more work for us. But the snow proves helpful. If you have a little bit of moisture, it helps the scent. Uh, it actually increases the scent for the dog. That snow somewhat encapsulates that scent. Near the alley behind the hog pen, the dog picks up a scent and heads towards the parking lot. The dog was doing a very good track until we got about halfway across the parking lot, and then I could tell he lost it. The scent has, for whatever reason, disappeared, and I don't know why exactly. They believed Eric either got into or was loaded into a vehicle at that point. There was no other reason why they would have lost the scent. So the next step is dig where we lost the scent and see if there's any evidence there. It just so happened there was evidence there. We found some blood. We figured something bad had happened out in that parking lot. Investigators call in additional officers and CSIs to help, who are experts at working outdoors in extreme weather. The crime scene technicians in the Duluth Police Department are actually trained to handle dealing with evidence, especially in snow situations. Before the most recent storm, Duluth hadn't had snow for several days. But the very cold temperatures allowed that snow to bind together hard and create a solid layer. And that's where the blood was. Then the fresh snow fell on top of it. So you start moving some of the snow area delicately so you can try and not disturb any evidence that you would locate underneath the snow depth. They then place the blood and snow together into coffee filters. When the snow melts, it leaves the evidentiary portions of the blood in the coffee filter for later use in a crime lab. While they work diligently on gathering the blood evidence, investigators must also be extremely weather conscious for themselves. By this time, we're in sub-zero weather, so we have to bring in things to keep the officers safe. We keep the vehicles running 24 hours a day so that there would be heat in there for police officers. 
I remembered being frigid. I mean, you could only spend maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes out there before it became unbearably cold where you'd have to try and warm up before you could come back out. Your best friend is your squad car with the heat on high, and that literally becomes your office. That's where you work from. The search for more evidence continues through the night. There's no break because around here, you never know when the weather's going to change again. Winds can suddenly change coming off of Lake Superior, and that's when you're going to get that concentrated, really heavy snow, lake effect snow. It'll happen a lot of times around here. This area is its own little microcosm of weather. Hoping the snow will hold off, the search for evidence continues when Duluth detectives finally learn what happened to Eric Schriefer. He had already had an attorney secured for his defense. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Police in Duluth, Minnesota, looking for missing single father Eric Schriefer, have just found blood in the snow-filled parking lot of where he vanished after a brawl with a man from the Thunderbird Motorcycle Club. I was experienced enough to know that if it wasn't a homicide, it was very serious. Investigators finally get some answers when two men who appear to be BPM bikers walk into the station. They say they want to give their statements in reference to what happened to Eric Schriefer. We had descriptions of what the two witnesses looked like. One 
in particular had been described as bald with a tattoo across the top of his head. So when somebody walks into the police detective bureau with that description, you gotta kind of figure it's probably him. Detectives split them up and questioned them separately. But both men tell identical stories of the night Eric disappeared. They say that on the night of January 23rd, they started partying with Eric and some other bikers that afternoon. Sometime around 1 a.m., an argument broke out between Eric and a biker they called G.I. Joe from the Thunderbirds. Schrieffer had just come from Arizona, and he was asking him questions to see if Schrieffer was some sort of an undercover police officer. Once the fight started inside, when furniture started getting upended and other items broken, the fight was taken outside, right out in the parking lot of the hog pen. It wasn't much of a fight, it was more of a beating. One guy handedly took care of the other one with no problem. The two BPM witnesses say they watched G.I. Joe best Eric and then punch and kick him all over repeatedly while he laid in a fetal position. When police ask who this G.I. Joe is, they give the name Joseph Weymanen. The witnesses say they were horrified over what happened next. While Eric was laying on the ground in the parking lot, not moving, Joseph got into his red truck and started revving the engine. Then he just accelerated straight at Eric. Joe ran him over with his pickup truck. The witnesses claim that Eric Schriefer was still alive after he was run over. But they say that Joseph wasn't done. Wayman backed up, ran him over again, and then left heading across the parking lot. That was the last that they saw of either one of them. So we had to assume somehow that he either wandered off or was dragged off by that truck. Visibly shaken, the two BPM witnesses say that was the last time they saw Eric. Evidence that was found and located at the parking lot substantiated their claims of the assault that occurred. Investigators let the witnesses go while they do a background check on Joseph Weymanen. They learn that the 32-year-old is a veteran who served with the Marines. He was a member of the Thunderbird Motorcycle Club. No criminal record, though. We figured maybe we should go try to talk to him and hear his side of the story. Meanwhile, at the crime scene, Police return and extend their search at the parking lot. That's where the evidence text started and followed the blood trail. Now that they know from witnesses that Eric was hit by a truck and dragged away, they start broadening their search. And at the end of the trail, police find a large pool of blood perfectly preserved in the base layer of snowpack. The body will only continue to lose its blood as long as the heart is still active, which means that the person is still alive. So we believe that uh, at least 
At that point, he was potentially alive. CSI carefully gathered the new blood evidence using the coffee filter method. The snow had covered the blood and protected it from any degradation from sun rays or, or melting or other contaminants. While they continue to examine the scene, detectives knock on Joseph Wayman's door. He answered the door. And as soon as I told him who I was, he just said, I'm not saying anything. And he tried to shut that door, but I managed to get my hand in. And I grabbed him by the shoulder and handcuffed him. Detectives arrest him for assault. He could destroy evidence. I didn't want that to happen. I knew I had enough probable cause to arrest him without a warrant. As they take Wayman into the station for booking, police search his home and take custody of his red pickup truck. They didn't find anything in his house, but they were hoping that some evidence would be found on his truck. Although the case is purely circumstantial, detectives have bought themselves some time to gather more evidence. The forensic specialists were down in St. Paul. The truck was submitted to them if he had loaded the body in the back of the vehicle. We are very hopeful that we were going to get an answer that they had located something. Unfortunately, once at the station, Wayman and lawyers up. We never did talk to him after that point. Obviously, he had an attorney. He refused our interview. Meanwhile, police call the medical examiner to the crime scene to look at the blood evidence. And he gives a stunning conclusion. He said that with the amount of blood that was found, that if the individual who bled there did not get medical attention, he would have passed away or died. To verify that the blood found is Eric Schriefer's, the medical examiner checks local hospitals to see if his DNA is on file and gets a hit. It was a skin sample of Eric Schriefer's from a previous injury where he had accidentally shot himself. And the sample comes back a match, confirming what detectives believed all along. The blood evidence at the parking lot was that of Eric Schriefer. In early February 2001, the medical examiner signs his death certificate, ruling Eric's death a homicide. With the medical examiner's ruling, the blood evidence, and two eyewitnesses, police have enough to charge Joseph Wayman with second-degree murder. Detectives are just waiting on physical evidence from Wayman's pickup truck, hoping to seal the deal. But after the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension spent days examining the truck, Duluth investigators get an unexpected shock. They had not found any evidence whatsoever which I was really surprised at, especially if there was so much blood as we found at the scene. 
He had four or five days to clean that truck inside and out before Eric was even reported missing. On top of that, investigators find out that their two eyewitnesses are in the wind. We had learned that the Hells Angels became friends of some capacity with the Thunderbirds. They had a conversation with the two witnesses and then subsequently they left the area. With no body, no witnesses, and no physical evidence, the case against Joseph Wayman is slowly falling apart. Will the brutal Minnesota weather help police solve the case? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. In the middle of a Minnesota winter, investigators have been piecing together Eric Schriefer's murder. Two witnesses report that Joseph Wayman ran Eric over twice, then drove off. After the incident, Eric was nowhere to be found. Unfortunately, the witnesses disappeared. Searches turned up no body, and the forensic team that processed Joseph's truck found no evidence to connect him to the crime. Joseph awaits trial on second-degree murder charges. But prosecutors know their case won't hold up in court. Detectives focus on finding Eric Schriefer's body. They track down some of Wayman's friends to dig deeper into the suspect's background. 
We located an associate friend of Joe Wayman and, and I spoke with him and asked, what are some of the hobbies that Wayman prefers to do? And he says he was just out recently ice fishing with him on the St. Louis River. It's very likely that that would be a means to get rid of a uh, body because people can't see what you're doing inside of a ice house. So you can cut a little bit bigger hole if you need to, to, um, to get rid of the body. After his friend gives up the ice house location, detectives head there and find the areas filled with ice houses. But one stands out. Six inches at the most is your normal fishing hole. When you see the size of something of a, of a body uh, circumference, <laughs> I'm thinking that we probably had found the uh, dumping spot in the ice. And then that's where we began the uh, dive team search on St. Louis River. Conditions on the St. Louis River in Duluth are brutal in February. We've got temps in the single digits or colder, gusty winds. In fact, the river freezes over many times between December and March. The day we decided we were going to go under the ice looking for Schrieffer's body was below zero was just a miserable, windy day. In order for divers to get safely through the ice, they cut the hole wider. They would only maybe spend 15 minutes, 25 minutes at the most in those cold conditions, and they'd have to be uh, removed. Plus, you got to be concerned about your equipment having a malfunction, so it, it was very difficult for those folks. It was a long shot because the river currents continue underneath that ice. And who knows where those currents would have taken the body. But, you know, we had to try. Unfortunately, the divers don't find Eric's body. Four months later in June, after the weather warms up and the ice melts, divers return for several days but still find nothing. So with no solid evidence, Joseph Waymanen's attorney asks the judge to dismiss the second-degree murder charge. Duluth police make a last desperate attempt to find some physical evidence, which leads them back to Waymanen's truck. They spend the next several days taking it apart, bolt by bolt, and they make a startling discovery. We happen to find a human hair on a coil spring underneath the truck. To find one piece of hair in the front end of a vehicle was quite a significant event for us. And then we actually found what appeared to be some blood in the topper of the truck. The prosecutor informs Waymanen's defense attorney of the find. Short time after that, Mr. Waymanen decided he was going to plead guilty and give us a statement. After five months, Joseph Waymanen makes a deal to confess in exchange for a reduced charge of unintentional second-degree murder. Waymanen admits that he got into a fight with Eric and ran him over with his truck, but his story is slightly different than what the witnesses recalled. He was basically claiming it was an accident that this happened. 
that the fight simply had gotten out of control. He had not intended on running him over. His version is that he just hit Eric once. It wasn't until he got to the end of the parking lot when he couldn't turn, that's when he realized Eric's body was actually entangled in the truck's suspension. Waymanen claims Eric was dead when he found him. He was frightened. He did not intentionally want to take Schrafer's life, but it did occur. So he had to dispose of the body. That's when he took the body, and then he went up to his mother's house. Now, she lived a few miles away in the city of Duluth. She wasn't there at the time. He said that he took a cement block in that garage and smashed Schrieffer in the head with that block out of anger for being put into this situation. He claims that he was already dead. He says he then wrapped him in a sleeping bag and added weights. He slipped the body through the hole in the ice and then left and power washed his truck. Although Joseph's confession seems to close the case, warming temperatures bring a startling discovery to the surface. In January 2001, after Eric Schrieffer disappeared, the snow and icy temperatures challenged investigators. It made it difficult for the police searching for evidence outside in below zero conditions. It also made it difficult for divers to find Eric's remains in the frozen waters of the St. Louis River. But the snow and frigid temperatures also helped preserve evidence. The weather was like a double-edged sword. It helped us tremendously by preserving the blood evidence, although that same weather made it extremely difficult to locate and collect it. The same blood evidence helped lead detectives to Eric Schrieffer's killer, Joseph Waymanen. In July 2001, after Joseph confessed to accidentally killing Eric and disposing of his body into an ice hole on the frozen St. Louis River, his body has still not been found. But that's about to change. Ten days after Joseph Wayman and signs his plea deal, a discovery is made just three miles across the St. Louis Bay from Duluth. Authorities recover the body of a man wrapped in a sleeping bag, bound with iron chains in the water. The body is officially identified as Eric Schrieffer. Although the weather kept him hidden for six months, it finally allowed him to be discovered. As the weather warmed up, decomposition of the victim's body started that's when the body starts to produce gases. The deteriorating gases within the body make the body float. His trying to conceal the body failed and brought itself up along the Wisconsin shore. 
detectives received the autopsy report. The medical examiner noted several injuries consistent with being run over by a vehicle, but the true cause of his death was something else altogether. The autopsy results showed that Eric Schriefer died from blunt force trauma to his head. His skull had been fractured. To investigators, that means Eric wasn't dead when Joseph brought him back to his mother's house. We believe that when he unloaded Schrafer from the back of his pickup truck, that Schrafer was still alive, making some noise. So Wayman and took a cinder block and then crushed his skull. Unfortunately, because Wayman and confessed and signed the plea deal before Eric's body surfaced, the plea bargain cannot be altered. I've been to a lot of crime scenes, and I haven't seen one as brutal as this. I mean, I, uh, to be ran over by the vehicle twice, and then to decide to use the cinder block to complete the task is pretty ruthless. There's no respect for human life. On August 19th, 2002, the judge sentences Joseph Wayman to the maximum time allowed under the plea deal, 12 and a half years in prison. He was released after approximately eight years. He received time for good behavior. Was justice served? Not to the extent it probably should have been, but I've realized how important it is for closure for the family. So yeah, you're disappointed, but I think it was the right thing to do. For the family of Eric Schriefer, they are still left with the loss. The most heartbreaking thing is to think about the child involved. We're talking about a little kid who never had a real chance to get to know his father. Although the weather both helped and hindered detectives, it's a constant in every investigation. The weather can make or break a case. 